our listeners and from Optimist Architecture, an architecture, interior design, and planning firm specializing in healthcare, residential, and waterfront projects. Located in Friendship, Maine, and Rhinebeck, New York. OptimistArchitecture.com. Support for WERU also comes from Artisan Builders, providing environmental design, construction, and renovation for homeowners and local businesses since 1992. More information at 322-4647. My name is Joelle from Bangor. I support and volunteer at WERU because it is a unique voice in our community. Support for the Corporation for Public Broadcasting is currently facing the threat of being defunded by the new administration in Washington. WERU receives $125,000 per year. That's 25% of our budget from the CPB. Information on how to protect community and public media can be found at WERU.org. Thank you for your support. Support for WERU comes from Village Soup, the Republican Journal, providing the communities of Waldo, Knox, and Hancock counties with news, information, ideas, events, goods, and services on newsstands Thursdays and on the web at waldo.villagesoup.com. Just about 30 seconds to go before the hour, 4 o'clock. You're listening to WERU-FM 89.9 in Blue Hill, 99.9 in Bangor, and streaming at WERU.org. A quick look at the weather. Detailed forecast, snow likely this afternoon. Cloudy with a high near 28. Northwest winds around 6. Tonight it'll be 28 degrees. Tomorrow, chance of snow showers, then partly cloudy. Lows in 16 degrees tonight. Uh, Tomorrow, mostly sunny with a high near 34 tomorrow night low of eight and clear stay tuned for main currents and this is main currents independent local news views and culture for wednesday february 1st 2017 i'm amy brown President Trump's actions in his first days in office have been met with protests around the world and right here in Maine that show no signs of letting up. Today on Maine Currents, we're going to look at the community response to Trump's executive orders and cabinet nominees. We'll have a clip from the protest at Bangor International Airport over the weekend, and we'll be talking with some of the organizers of some of the local events. In fact, there are so many events happening right now and groups forming or reactivating that we weren't able to schedule everyone we wanted to talk to today. So in the second half, half hour we'll be opening the phone lines and taking as many calls as we can and if we don't get to everybody today we'll continue this discussion next week on main currents i also want to mention that the protest at the bangor branch of the td bank over the weekend which is calling for them to stop funding the dakota access pipeline will be covered on radioactive tomorrow at four so be sure to tune in for that as well but we're going to start main currents today with some of the speakers who gathered this weekend at another impromptu protest. This one of the Muslim ban took place at Bangor International Airport on Sunday. John Greenman, who is also our engineer, was there covering the event for WERU. John, can you set this up for us? Yes, Amy. Um, As a matter of fact, another Amy was involved. Amy Smith from Lincolnville put up a Facebook page last Saturday evening calling for people to gather at the Bangor Airport around 11 o'clock Sunday morning to demonstrate against the Trump administration's travel ban. And by 11 Sunday morning, dozens of people had gathered, and by mid-afternoon, nearly 150 people had shown up with signs and their own stories about their experiences with immigration issues. So speaking first to the group were Bangor Senator Jeffrey Gratwick and then Bangor City Council Chairman Joe Baldacci. 
to be followed by a number of individual stories. Un-American uh, policy that the court, the judge in New York has said is inappropriate. He's put a stand, put a hold on it. And I think we are doing our piece here. I'm so proud of Bangor, Maine. With this. So, many thanks. And this is going to be, my only thing is a uh, work for all of you, is that everybody at least... Well, at least once a day, maybe twice a day, you have to call Senator King, Senator Collins, Senator Collins. If anybody needs, if anybody needs your number, you leave an answer. Senator King says he gets roughly 6,000 uh, calls a week, and they get column 444. And this is, we were talking last week about the Affordable Care Act. It was 30 to 1, 30 to keep some variety of the Affordable Care Act warning is and they they towed up those columns and this is a very important issue for us all to do here as well so with that then i'm going to give someone thank you over to someone who needs that's, no introduction that's well. all right that's all right i want to first of all thank everyone here you making me proud to be from bangor and making me proud to be an american this isn't just about immigrants this is about all of us as a country and where we're headed we believe in the, the United States as, as a symbol of freedom. This is showing us that we are trampling on the freedom of millions of people. And that really isn't the American way. It's about where we're going to be as a future, what kind of future we want for our kids. I am the grandson of Italian and Lebanese immigrants. <laughs> who both who came here and started businesses and started families like the immigrants of today want to do. We need to encourage that. We, we need to encourage that for our own future, our own vitality as a democracy. This, like I said, this is not just about immigrants. This is about us and our future. And I'm so proud of everyone here. I thank everyone here for taking time out of their day and standing up for what is right. And uh, I look forward to joining with you, but thank you very much. My name is Dina, and I'm a member of the Islamic Center of Maine. You have to talk very loud. Very loud. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm like fighting cold, and my voice is not like helping me much today. I'm originally from Syria. I came here 20 years ago, and I want to see this country, the same country that like, uh, I saw when I came here. A country that celebrates freedom, liberty, and like freedom of speech, of practicing religion. And this is why we are all here standing up against oppression and against like inability to express our opinions. And, and I'm so proud like, to see all of those signs. It brings tears to my eyes. And it makes me feel that we, humanity is still there and we are all going to stand up and speak against, like, you know, um, our freedom of speech. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not used to public speaking. Yeah. <laughs> you do well. Yeah. 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 And more, of, uh, more people from the, from the Islamic Center of Maine are going to join us later today to express like their disapproval of this and like to show that you know immigrants when they when they leave home they come for one purpose that is to establish home for their kids to have like secure environment for them where they can grow and like achieve without going through pain or like 
through like the traumas they experience back home they are not they are not terrorists and like no one will ever choose to leave home like with the choice those people don't have a choice and like just like you guys you're standing up here i hope that everyone else like everyone else in the united states is going to do the same thing and stand up with those for those people thank you My name is Melanie Noyce. I'm from Orrington. I'm delighted to see everybody. Hey, Orrington, that's right. Uh, I speak for the lesbians. <laughs> I'm 57 years old. I've done something. Yeah! I'm a 70 year old. more protesting in the last week than I've done probably for most of my life. <laughs> if there's one thing that we can thank Donald Trump for, it's the fact that he's galvanized us and he's brought us together as many diverse groups of people. Um, I'm so proud. I'm so proud to be a Mainer. I'm so proud of Acadia. You can clap for me if you want. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is so not right and so not fair and the hardest part for me is the people that i love that are on the other side of the fence and i'm trying really hard to figure out what to do about that these are people that i love they're not monsters you know and and so if anything has come from all of this i think it's that there really is love there's so much love and there's so much good in people and and i think it's easy to forget that so to see this many people together, uh, I, I'm just, I'm so delighted. I'm so delighted. And thanks for letting me Thank you. say something. Thank you. Hello. This is the organizer of it all. Yes. My name is Amy. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm very new to all of this, so pardon me if I don't make a lot of sense, but I created a group last night around 6 o'clock that we needed to take action. And after being in Washington last weekend, I decided that anytime I have a chance to take action, I'm going to do it. Yes. And so I am just like you, um, but all of our voices together, we can make a loud announcement to the world that we are here, and this is what democracy looks like. Thank you. I'm from Lincolnville, Maine. Thank you for coming. Thank Anybody you. else, please step up. Hi, my name's, uh, my name's Tom, and uh, I, was, I live in Orono. I'm here today for a lot of reasons, but mostly, most importantly, for my friend Almer. Almer uh, came to the United States as a student in 2003 uh, as a member of Seeds of Peace, which some of you may be familiar with. Uh, Almer's from Yemen, which, as you know, is one of the seven countries on the list that Donald Trump has said cannot uh, come back into the country if he leaves. He's going to get married to a, a wonderful, beautiful American citizen uh, next month. And he, he doesn't think he's going to get a, 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 visa, a green card to stay in this country. He thinks that when his, when his education is over, Donald Trump and the fascists that support him are going to send him back to Yemen, possibly to die in the middle of a civil war. So 
we can't let this happen. There are thousands of people just like Almer who are who, who have come to this country for a better life and we, can, we can't let them down. So thank you to everybody come out, coming out today. You know, we're one small place and we can make a big difference. So thank you very much. My name is Sarah and I would not be here today if they had closed the borders to my grandparents who came um, seeking asylum from Hitler. I, I am the mother of three children who are immigrants. I stand for all people. That's what we are for. We're here. We have a Statue of Liberty. She has a wonderful saying on her. We are one people. We are not just one race. We are all races. And we need to remember that and look around and welcome all. I'll just ask, how many people here were involved in some way or other with the Vietnamese protests? Yay! Many people. In other words, what happened back then was the fact that people got together and they were able to change government policy. And we have four more, well, actually, we only have three years and uh, 51 weeks to go in order to change policy. Maybe but this less. this is something we can do. Maybe less. Hopefully less. But this is something we can do, and it's going to require that same kind of energy and effort. But we have success in our past. Greetings. My name is Diane Kopeck. I'm from Hudson. There are only... There are... Yeah. <laughs> There are only two kinds of people in our country, Native Americans and immigrants. We must defend the rights of all people. If the majority does not defend the minority, we lose the very essence of what it means to be Americans. I am happy to see you all here today, and we need to stop this now. Thank you. Hi, my name's Kendall. I'm from Eastport. Yay! Yay, this is my granddaughter, Maddie. And this is her first and not last protest. Yay! Um, I just want to say that. <laughs> and that's my daughter, Sarah. And uh, I just want to say, Sarah wouldn't be here if it weren't for uh, an immigrant, her father, who was born in a Jew in occupied France in 1941. And uh, I'm just so proud of all of you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jenny Davis, and I come from Belfast. And I know a lot of you. the municipal airport too. Woo! Yeah, even our little not international airport. <laughs> the folks out there. Um, I know that you've all been looking at the news and I want to celebrate some small victories. The judge in New York has granted a stay. Woo! So that's to 200 refugees. Um, earlier today, the White House chief of staff started tiptoeing back and they're going to let people with green cards come in. Whoa! is working, but we also have to make it clear that we're not settling for bits and pieces. We're not settling for some, but not all. This is important for everyone, and we're not going to let the most vulnerable suffer while some people get to come in. So let's all stand strong and, and let everyone know that we are going to welcome all refugees. Yeah! We're not just yeah!
I'm Jenny Goldenberg. I'm from Orono. Yes, I'm, I'm a clinical social worker, but I've spent 20 years studying the Holocaust. I have interviewed over uh, close to 100 survivors, their children and grandchildren. What is happening in our country right now is exactly what was happening, what happened in Germany. And now we're targeting Muslims instead of Jews. And this is not okay. And so from a historical perspective and from somebody who sat with many, many survivors and, and knows the incredible intergenerational impact of hatred and targeting, this is a, it's this time for us to really stand up and fight for, for all refugees and and not and no ban on Muslims in this country. Thank you. Those were some of the uh, speakers at a rally that was thrown together sort of at the last minute but ended up drawing over 100 people Sunday to Bangor International Airport, a rally in protest of Trump's travel ban on uh, several mostly Muslim countries. And we thank John Greenman for being there to record that for us. Up next, we have Lisa Pullman. She's the Executive Director of Natural Resources Council of Maine, joining us by phone. Welcome, Lisa. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. I I know that one of the top priorities right now for Natural Resources Council of Maine is monitoring what's going on with uh, Scott Pruitt, Trump's nominee to head the EPA. And as of airtime so far, that still hadn't been voted on because the Democrats were boycotting it. Can you give us an update on what's going on and also why NRCM is so concerned about him? Well, uh, let's start with why we're so concerned about him. This is the attorney general from Oklahoma who has um, done nothing but uh, use his role there to side with the oil and gas companies against the EPA. He has sued the EPA on so many issues that um, it's astonishing to imagine him uh, being the head of this uh, agency, which obviously uh, they're intending for him to dismantle as much as possible. So we are very concerned about it. We've been pulling out all the stops to try to uh, convince at least Maine's two senators to uh, vote against his nomination. Angus King came out a couple weeks ago and said he would vote against it, and we're still waiting to hear from Susan Collins, and I know she's gotten lots of calls about it. So today... The Environment and Public Works Committee was supposed to first vote on his nomination, and all the Democrats uh, um, boycotted the hearing. And so um, we don't know what happens yet. They are talking about, um, you know, suspending the rules and allowing these nominations to go forward. If uh, if that's what Mitch McConnell does on the floor of the Senate uh, next week. Uh, that would be a tragedy. So anyway, that's what's going on there as far as we know, as of this moment. <laughs> so what are the chances? Of, I mean, how long can this play out? In- well, it, it's, it will get uh, decided on the Senate floor at some point. And um, all of these nominations, as you know, are seem to be very, very controversial. And um, uh, Collins was speaking out against the um, against DeVoe, who's the education uh secretary that's being nominated. Uh, That happened just today. So everybody I know is trying to follow the news and it's changing from moment to moment. But, um, you know, we hope very much that that Senator Susan Collins uh, votes for Maine and votes against this nominee. And so far you have not heard back from her. We have not. Nope. All right. But I do know lots of people are calling and it's for anybody out there who has. Thank you. And please call again. (laughs) All right. And you can give that contact information if you want, if you have it handy. 
Um, I'll look it up while we're talking. Go okay. ahead, though. <laughs> All right. I, and uh, some of the other things that uh, NRCM is concerned about with the Trump administration include Trump's uh, promises to roll back the Clean Power Plan and his climate denial. Uh, do you want to just touch on sort yeah, of the high again, points of your concerns? Yes. I mean, he was uh, very dismissive of the Paris Accord, the Paris Climate Accord, and uh, the Clean Power Plan during his campaign. He walked back a little bit from that after he was... Uh, you know, actually sworn in and, and after he was elected. But Scott Pruitt is a is a very um, has shown himself to be a climate denier uh, when pressed during questioning. He, you know, tried to dodge the question by saying it didn't matter what he thought and and he wouldn't be forthcoming about his connections to the oil and gas companies, et cetera. So we do know that it is, you know, it has been promised to uh, the country that they will roll back the clean power plan. And for those uh, who aren't familiar with it, that is the, the, the most important federal action that's been taken by the Obama administration on climate change to date. It is uh, going to, it would stop, uh, it would start to reduce power plant emissions, the carbon emissions that waft across the country. And of course, we end up at the end of the tailpipe there. And, um, uh, you know, we have been doing our part through the Regional Greenhouse Gas Initiative to lower carbon emissions from the power plants in our region. We're waiting for the rest of the country to do it. That's what the Clean Power Plan would have done. And, um, of course, now they're talking about uh, doing away with it. It's currently caught up in courts because it was challenged by uh, states with oil and gas interests, and that's just a shame. We really need to get going on climate. He has uh, been quoted as saying that the Clean Power Plan would significantly increase uh, electricity prices. However, it's according to um, looking at a report from uh, factcheck.org that the, the increase would be more uh, along the lines of 7% increase over the course of 15 years between 2025 and 2040. Uh, also last year, Pruitt was uh, said that scientists disagree about the degree and the connection of global warming to the actions of mankind, and he hasn't sort of retracted that? Nope, he has not. And uh, like I said, when pressed, uh, he really was very uh, not forthcoming about uh, all kinds of things that he should have addressed when asked, and that was what part of the boycott was today by the Democrats, like they're demanding answers for all kinds of things, so... All right. Well, before we let you go, anything else that NRCM is working on or priorities as far as this new administration? Well, let's just say that we are really ramping up our, our federal program here because uh, we're getting calls daily on all kinds of important issues and important rollback possibilities that we need our senators to vote against. And we will be uh, increasing the pressure a great deal on all kinds of fronts from public lands to um, climate and energy to clean water, all kinds of things are really um, under threat right now. And we will do the very best we can, and people are free to come to our website or give us a call. And please do um, call Senator Collins. Uh, you can find all of her numbers on her website, but the one in Washington, the main number is 202-224-2523. And sometimes they get so jammed up they don't take calls, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't try again an hour later. All right. And NRCM's website? 
is nrcm.org. All right. Thanks for being with us today, Lisa Pullman. Thank you. Executive Director of Natural Resources Council of Maine. If you're just joining us, this is Maine Currents on WERU-FM. We are checking in with some of the people who are involved in groups that are reacting to and uh, planning for the Trump administration, his uh, executive orders, his nominees. And up next, we're talking with Susan Dixon-Smith of EMERGE, which stands for Eastern Maine for Racial Justice. Uh, Welcome back to Maine Current, Susan. Hi there. Thanks for having me. So I know, among other things, you are one of the organizers of another event at a TD Bank that's coming up Friday afternoon this week at 4 o'clock. Do you want to talk about that and other things that your group is involved in? Yeah, well, um, we are uh, um, working on this action which will take place at the TD Bank in Ellsworth. That's 217 High Street, and it's going to be going on from 4 to 6 p.m. this Friday, February 3rd. And we're hoping that everyone can come out and um, call on the bank to divest from the Dakota Access Pipeline. We're also encouraging people to move their money if they have bank accounts with TD Bank to close uh, to close those accounts. And we're encouraging people to open accounts with local credit unions instead. Um, and so this is... Uh, this is going to be an outside event, so definitely dress warmly, and it will be getting dark by the end of the protest, so we're asking folks to bring flashlights to illuminate your signs after the sun goes down. So this is being co-sponsored by us, Eastern Maine for Racial Justice, the Peace and Social Action Committee of the Ellsworth UU Church, the Reversing Falls Sanctuary, Peace and Justice Center in Bangor, Americans Who Tell the Truth and the Community Union of Ellsworth and uh, definitely encourage you to come down and lend your voice. And for those who may not have uh, noticed, we uh, one of the first executive orders that uh, Trump signed was, and probably most of our listeners are aware of this, but if you haven't heard, was reinstating a movement forward on both the Dakota Access Pipeline and Keystone XL. So... You're also, I know your group has been involved in some visits or at least one visit with a Muslim center. What other things are you working on? And can and can you talk about that at all? Yeah, yep. Uh, several of us went up to the Islamic Center of Maine in Orono and uh, had a talk with a very wonderful fellow there, uh, learned about the history of their mosque, learned a little bit about Islam, um, joined them for Friday prayers. And we're hoping to go back sometime in the next couple months, uh, possibly for one of their community potlucks. And we, you know, offered our support um, and we're going to have a conversation about how we can be of support um, in these really frightening times um, for the Muslim community. So uh, definitely we're looking forward to talking with them more. So that was something that they were open to. I mean, not all churches necessarily would be completely open to having visitors come and witness prayers, but that was something that they were comfortable with, having visitors come and witness. Yeah, um, I would encourage, you know, anyone who's interested in visiting with them to get in touch um, through the Islamic Center of Maine website. I, you know, I had an email exchange uh, back and forth with someone from the center and uh, just arranged a good time for them. 
um, and uh, they definitely are getting a lot of community support and are appreciative of, of that support. All right. So. Is there a website and a Facebook page? Where do you direct people if they want to know more about uh, Eastern Maine a Racial Justice Group? Yeah, um, you can find us um, Eastern Maine for Racial Justice at, let's see, this is embarrassing, <laughs> Emerge, E-M-E-R-J, B-L-O-G, emergeblog.wordpress.com. And I would like to invite um, anyone to come to our next meeting. We will be meeting Tuesday, February 7th at 7 p.m. at the Whale Room at the UU Church of Ellsworth, which is at 121 Bucksport Road in Ellsworth. So you go into the church, turn left, go through a large room with tables and chairs, pass through a door, and there's the Whale Room. Um, So if you have more questions, you can call me, Susan, at 963-2040 or email Emerge Maine, that's E-M-E-R-J Maine at gmail.com. All right. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. That's uh, Susan Dixon-Smith of Emerge. Again, that's Eastern Maine for Racial Justice. And you're listening to Maine Currents on WERU. At this point, we're going to open the phone lines and invite anyone else who's involved in any groups or any individuals who would like to weigh in on uh, the first days of the Trump administration what you think about it, pro or con. And uh, the number is 469-0500. Again, 469-0500 is the local number. You can also call toll-free at 1-866-625-9378. We've been talking with some of the organizers of events that have been happening in uh, recent days, and we heard at the very beginning some audio from a protest that took place on Sunday at the Bangor International Airport. We also have uh, started to line up more people who were involved in these events to uh, be involved in the program and eventually realize that the best way to do this is to open the phone lines in the last half hour and just let people call in and talk about what they're doing, uh, members of the public as well as organizers of some of these groups. And I uh, believe we may have a phone call coming through now. If you get a busy signal, we'd have two lines into the studio. Just keep trying back. Uh, I believe we have Karen Mary's daughter from the Peace and Justice Center of Eastern Maine with us now. Karen, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Welcome. So I know that just based on the emails that we get, because Peace and Justice Center has been great about keeping us in the loop about things that are going on, there's a lot happening up in Bangor. There is a lot happening. It's very heartening to see. And one of our primary jobs, as we see it, is to keep people informed of everything that's going on. Uh, We try to cover a broad range of issues, peace, justice, and environmental sustainability, I sometimes feel like I'm overwhelming people, but everybody says, no, 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 we want to hear. So I'll keep sending out those emails. All right. Well, do you want to uh, fill people in on some of the things that are happening specifically? Well, there's a new indivisible group in Bangor. I don't know if they'll call in as well today, but uh, they've had two meetings thus far with about 40 people at each meeting and are uh, organizing very fast as is indivisible in Ellsworth and Bar Harbor, from what I understand. Now, that group is a specific, they have sort of a template, a national template that people are following to put together this group. I hadn't heard of it before. Do you know anything about it? Can you let listeners know what that is? There's a document called Indivisible that was put together by a group of former congressional staffers, and they're talking about what they think is effective lobbying for our congressional representatives. And it's borrowing a lot from the Tea Party, although hopefully not the most hateful aspects of their lobbying tactics. 
So it's very specific. It's very specific to Congress, and it's very specific to blocking unwanted um, the congressional and national action, um, but very much focused on how to lobby and how to do it effectively. And John just held up a sign saying the website for that is indivisibleguide.org. So, yeah, if anyone's listening from Indivisible, the new group forming and wants to call in, uh, feel free to do that during today's program. Uh, Karen, anything else you want to let people know about this that's about to happen or has been happening up in the Bangor area in response to the first days of the Trump administration? Well, the already existing groups, of course, are very busy responding. And I know that tomorrow uh, Maine People's Alliance is having a protest uh, in regards to the Gorsuch nomination for the Supreme Court, and that's going to be at 530 in West Market Square. And um, the Mabel Wadsworth Women's Health Center is doing another protest about Gorsuch at Hobby Lobby on Saturday at 1 o'clock in Bangor out at the mall. So those are two things coming up immediately. There's also been a lot of good work around racism and the Muslim ban today, the um, Black Student Union at the University of Maine kicked off Black History Month by raising the Black Lives Matter flag on campus with a great turnout. I'd say over 200 people there today. And on Saturday, there's going to be an event at Husson University about racial bias in Maine. Also very exciting from 1 to 5 at Husson University. But we see our job as just keeping people informed with what's going on and assisting new groups or small groups, like helping with their press releases, a press list, um, getting the word out. So we encourage any new initiatives who want to reach a broader audience or get a little help with organizing to let us know. All right. And how do people reach the Peace and Justice Center of Eastern Maine? Info at peacectr.org. Or call 942-9343. All right. We're also on Facebook and have a website. So Peace and Justice Center of Eastern Maine. All right. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. That's Karen Mary Stoddard from the Peace and Justice Center of Eastern Maine. A correction, it's indivisibleguide.com, not .org, as I said earlier. Lindy, thanks for your patience. We have Lindy from Southwest Harbor on the line. Welcome back to Maine Currents. Yeah. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much. Yeah, I was at the meeting um, for Indivisible... um, on MDI at the Congregational Church uh, Sunday, and it, about 75 people turned out. One one lady who drove all the way from Machias. She must have been in her late 70s. She had pink hair. She was she was amazing. Um, she's hoping now to start one down there. Anyway, um, and some of the people the next day were going to Susan Collins' office, and I haven't heard yet what uh, the result of that was, but it will be indivisible. Um, uh, at mdi.org. And I do want to say that I just heard on the radio that Susan Collins is voting against uh, Betsy DeVos. Yes. And um, one of the uh, concepts at the individual meeting was that the most important thing to our elected officials is <clears throat> they want to be reelected. And so um, it does make a difference both sides, Dems and Republicans, call them. I have Susan Collins' number here. Uh, her number in um, in uh, Washington is one two zero two 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 four two five two three, and the one in Bangor is two zero seven nine four five zero four 
1-800-273-8217. In both places, I ask for a response. I say, do you want a response? I most definitely do. And um, <clears throat> so uh, we got to keep the pressure on them. It does make a difference if you call or write or uh, letters to the editor. And I, I, I am planning to call Susan Collins very shortly and thank her for voting against Betsy DeVos. All right. Thanks for joining us today, Lindy. Thank you, Amy, so much. And the phone lines are open. The number here on Maine Currents is 469-0500. Again, 469-0500 is the local number, and you can also call toll-free 1-866-625-9378. Join in. Let us know what you think about the first days of the Trump administration, whether you're involved in one of these groups or not. And uh, joining us here in the studio now is Matt Murphy uh, to talk about something that's going to directly affect the the station, the community, uh, or the Corporation for Public Broadcasting funding. Hi, Amy. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, WERU is usually covering the issues that are coming out of the new administration and, and the community um, as this program has been doing. Um, and here's a case where WERU is uh, part of the story. Um, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, the CPB, provides um, $125,000 annually to WERU and uh, and also to Maine Public Broadcasting and other community and public broadcasters around the country. Uh, That's um, 25% of our annual budget um, that comes from the CPB, uh, which is a federally funded um, organization. Um, And... uh, so that's a big a big bite uh, of our budget, and it's uh, under threat. You can if many of you have, have heard on the air announcements, uh, uh, letting people know about where they can go to get more information on protecting uh, WERU and other community and public broadcasters from uh, the threat of losing this funding. Go to weru.org if you would like to have some more information. Um, there's some from a, a, a link called Protect My Public Media and another Support Community Media. Um, and there's also a bill that was just introduced by a, um, a congressman, uh, Langborn of Colorado, uh, who apparently does this every couple of years, uh, submits a bill to defund the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. And NPR. And NPR. And um, he's not a fan. Um, and on his website, uh, you can go to WERU's website and find the link to his. Um, he says that the money would be better spent on the military. Um, just doing a little bit of uh, quick research today online. Um, a Zumwalt destroyer, as has been in the news here in Maine, um, $4.3 billion each boat. Um, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting is $445 million per year. So that's a, a kind of a different uh, a, a different. Uh, uh, it's perspective, scale. yeah. Yeah, and uh, that, that figure um, um, is from the Boston Globe. Here's a figure from Fox News. Um, in uh, 2013, the Army, um, uh, the Congress wanted $430 billion to go to buy more tanks for the Army. And the Army said no. They wanted that money to go to something different. But that's comparable money to um, to what uh, uh, CPB gets. But Congress said yes and made the military take this money for tanks. Um, and that uh, that money that the military didn't even want um, could have gone uh, – could go to uh, – CBB. So if you'd like more information on how you can help uh, protect public media from losing uh, CPB funding, um, the place for that information is at weru.org, and there's all kinds of, uh, all kinds of stuff there.
All right, and you're going to stay with us. We'll take a few calls in case anybody has any questions to follow up. Sure. Next 20 minutes or so. And if you're just joining us, you're listening to Maine Currents on WERU. And again, the phone number is 469-0500. We're joined now, I believe, by Sam Salvador Portera from Maine People's Alliance. That's correct. Welcome to the program, Sam. Thank you so much. So... Your group is uh, working on several things. Someone mentioned earlier you've got a protest planned about the Supreme Court nominee, but also afford- the Affordable Care Act. And I should mention that last week we had our multipartisan panel here in the studio, and even both of our Trump supporters said that it would be a bad impact on Mainers. It would be very detrimental if it was rolled back before a replacement was put into into effect. So uh, where do things stand with it, and what does Maine People's Alliance stand um, well, yeah, I mean, it, it obviously would have really detrimental effects for uh, for the state of Maine broadly um, and for uh, individual families across the state. Right now, we uh, we have the exact same objective that you just that you just laid out. We cannot have a repeal of the Affordable Care Act without a replacement that uh, covers at least as many people, at least as well. Um, that starts at exactly the same moment. We can't have a lapse. Um, in coverage for for uh, the millions of people who are benefiting from this program, um, up to 30 million people stand to lose health insurance uh, through a full repeal of the Affordable Care Act. But now we're also hearing about really terrible propositions um, that would go even further than that in hurting people who already have coverage. Uh, so, for instance, the rule that stops people from uh, being able to be denied for uh, preventative care that would be a, a redu- reduction in the quality of coverage that people have. Um, seniors who pay less for prescription drugs before because of the Affordable Care Act, that would also be a reduction in quality uh, for seniors who are covered through Medicare. So, um, What about pre-existing conditions? I've heard mixed absolutely. things about that. Is that something that uh, it's looking like will be covered under Trump care? Does anybody have any idea what Trump care would consist of? So, <laughs> so there is no Trump care is, is part of the problem. Um, there are... Uh, a lot of bills that uh, have been proposed by um, uh, by people, by members of Congress across the country. However, none of them are gaining any kind of significant support or traction because nobody can agree on what Trump care uh, or the Republican alternative should look like. They spent the last six years bashing everything that President Obama did without it ever occurring to them that maybe they should have a backup plan. And that's exactly what their objective at this point is. That's why they want to repeal this law without having a replacement is because they have no replacement plan. Um, and it looks very much like if, if the Affordable Care Act is repealed without a replacement in the exact same piece of legislation, that we will never get a replacement. Um, it's really easy for, for uh, Republicans to criticize everything that's wrong with the Affordable Care Act. But honestly, the only way that our health care system will ever be perfect is if absolutely no one gets sick and we all live forever. And I don't think that's in the purview of Congress. So uh, that and so it's easy to to throw stones, but in terms of actually offering solutions that uh, give people the same kind of coverage at the same quality and help uh, and and protect Maine's economy in the same way, no one is offering up those kinds of solutions. Sam, before we let you go, do you want to uh, say anything about the rally that uh, Carrie Mary's daughter mentioned earlier that's going to be happening in Bangor? Yes, we're really excited about. Uh, uh, about the protest tomorrow night, uh, we know that um, 
you know, any nominee uh, put forward by President Trump was certainly going to face a lot of scrutiny because of the fact that Merrick Garland should be on the Supreme Court, and it's only because of unprecedented obstruction that we that Merrick Garland is not on the Supreme Court and the seat is even available. Uh, and then for President Trump to put up such uh, such a partisan and um, uh, such a partisan nominee who does not have the best interests of Americans at heart. Uh, is just truly disturbing. So we are holding a protest uh, in West Market Square at 5.30 tomorrow night in downtown Bangor. All right. Maine People's Alliance website or contact information? Uh, MainePeople'sAlliance.org. Uh, my email address is sam at MainePeople'sAlliance.org. Uh, we are the state's largest community action group, over 32,000 members from Kittery to Madawaska. Um, and so... Uh, we're doing some really fantastic work on a whole range of issues and uh, hope everybody can get involved. Great. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. That was Sam Salvador Portera from the Maine People's Alliance. And we have Larry on the line. Thank you for your patience, Larry, from Bangor. Hi, this is Larry Danzinger calling in. And just wanted to let people know that uh, I've been helping to arrange for training sessions for people uh, who want to do nonviolent direct action. And that can vary from people doing civil disobedience to people simply being in the streets or sitting in or uh, whatever they, whatever kinds of physical and other kinds of actions they feel will uh, support their feelings about the uh, horrible changes that are happening uh, uh, as a result of the Trump administration. So uh, we did a, a training in Ellsworth back at the beginning of January. Uh, there are people talking about doing similar kinds of trainings in Knox County, Waldo County, Lincoln County, uh, and I can be a contact for any of those and uh, for anything in the Bangor area as well. So let me give you that contact information. Uh, my phone number is 262-3706 in Bangor, or email is Larry D L A R R Y D at myfairpoint.net. Okay. And then one other thing I'd like to mention, coming out of the training that we did do in Ellsworth at the beginning of January is an event that's planned for March 4th, which is a Saturday at Ellsworth Middle School from 9.30 to 1 p.m. It's called the Hancock County Action Assembly. And this will be an attempt to uh, bring together um, not just hopefully scores, but hundreds of people from Hancock County who are concerned about the things that have been happening in Washington and how they filter down to us in, in Maine and getting together to identify a lot of different issues of concern, such as education, uh, the environment and climate, uh, economic inequality, health care, things like that, civil rights, and uh, breaking into groups to... Um, start working on these issues. So that'll be uh, March 4th um, in Ellsworth at the middle school, 9.30 to 1 p.m. And actually, I'm going to take a risk and uh, ask, suggest that people contact Natalie Arruda, which is, uh, who's, uh, working, who's uh, working at the uh, Hancock County Democratic Committee. Uh, and it's, uh, but uh, not doing it as part of the Democratic Committee necessarily, but doing it, uh, I think, in her extra time. And that's, uh, you can uh, contact me for Natalie's 
contact information. Is there a website set up or a Facebook event page or anything for the uh, Cancock County Action Assembly? Uh, we're working on that. I think it'll probably be up in a few days. Okay, so, so watch for Hancock County People can contact me about uh, the Hancock County Action Assembly at this point. All right. Thanks for calling, Larry. Sure thing. Bye. And uh, if anyone's wondering, I know that if you're listening to the radio, especially this time of day, you're prob- a lot of you are probably in the car and you're not getting catching these numbers i'm trying to jot down the numbers and the email addresses so uh you can email me at news at weru.org or amy at weru.org anytime and i'll uh, try to get this uh get the contact information that i've been jotting down out to you again you're listening to main currents on weru we've got about a little less than 15 minutes left to the program. If you'd like to call in, the phone lines are both open now. So if you've been trying to get through and getting a busy signal, give a call back now. The number is 469-0500. Again, 469-0500 into the studio locally. And the toll-free number is one 866 625 We've been talking with some of the people who are involved with groups that are reacting in various ways to the uh, first days of the Trump administration, the executive orders, the nominees. Uh, individuals, if you're not involved in a group, if you have an opinion one way or the other about how things are going in these first couple of weeks, we invite you to give us a call now and weigh in on that. We were talking to Matt Murphy before we got the last phone call and he was filling us in on what's happening with the Corporation for Public Broadcasting funding, which is a threat to a big chunk of the station's funding. You won't hear us on the air talking about this that much. We have a uh, uh, part of how we're governed as a nonprofit radio station, a community radio station by the FCC does not allow us to issue calls to action. So you may wonder why people aren't up in arms and telling you what to do on the air, and, and that's the reason for that. But we do have information if you want to look at it and decide what you want to do, is available online. Yeah, right, at, at weru.org. That's right, Amy. We, we're not here to tell you what to think, but we're here to provide information. And there is information on how you can uh, protect uh, public media from losing the CPB funding. Um, the, just as a, a, a little bit of information, the Heritage Foundation, which some people are aware of, the uh, ultra-conservative think tank, uh, they provided a lot of the budget proposals to the uh, Trump uh, candidacy, and so there's uh, reason to believe, and insiders uh, believe that they uh, have his ear now still, and so um, budgeting considerations for the Trump administration, uh, there's a lot of feeling will be um, directly connected to what the Heritage Foundation suggests, and they suggest getting rid of the National Endowment for the Arts, National Endowment for the Humanities, and privatizing the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, essentially um, dismantling it. I want to say thanks to the people who uh, have already called um, our congressional delegation to um, voice support for uh, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and Community Media. Um, there's been folks who've sent in a little bit of extra money, too, and while this isn't a fundraiser, we thank those people for for uh, uh, doing that. So, and uh, also at uh, weru.org, under the section about uh, Save My Public Media, on the second page we have all of the phone numbers and addresses for our uh, congressional delegation, so that's a quick place that you can go. You don't have to hunt around. It's right, for any of these issues any of these that issues. people have been right. bringing up today, those that's the place we can get those phone numbers. Here. Right, right. So we thank everyone for their their support for community radio. So this wasn't um, completely unexpected when we just learned that this bill had been introduced. It sort of was seen as being in the horizon. But you mentioned I wasn't aware that this uh, Colorado Colorado legislator has done this in the past. He's done this in the past. Um, 
and uh, arguing that the money could be better spent on the military. Um, and that's kind of been his argument uh, uh, all along um, over the past few years. Um, the Heritage Foundation having the ear of the president is a new thing. Um, and that's that's of, of uh, quite a bit of concern as well. So this is uh, not an easy time for the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and those stations that uh, receive money from them. For us, the $125,000 we received, 25 of it is uh, required to go for programming, national programming. So that's the money we use to buy uh, syndication programs like Democracy Now!, Counterspin, This Way Out, Free Speech Radio News, and programs like that. Um, so that money is uh, well spent, we believe. And then the rest goes for um, station operations, which, uh, uh, of course, supports having all the great music programming and news and public affairs programming. So that money is very important and very well spent, and we would uh, we would hate to lose that. Uh, we know people would step up and, and, and try to uh, uh, make up for that money, but that's a lot of money, and we uh, we really don't want to lose that money, of course. Um, again, you, uh, public and community broadcasters all around the country are, are receive funds through the Corporation for Public Broadcasting and, again, use that for, for uh, national syndicated programs. Um, think uh, Democracy Now!, think All Things Considered, um, think Sesame Street. I mean... Right, this says uh, it, he's going after not just CPP, but... All of NPR's funding or all of their national funding? Is that right? Well, it's, my understanding is most of their, a lot of their funding anyways comes through Basically. stations that are paying these uh, uh, um, subscription fees uh, to broadcast um, uh, the programming on the air. So it's a really big deal. It's a really big deal. Um, you know, compared to the military budget and a, a Zumwalt destroyer, uh, it's, it's a, a, you know, it's a, a spit in the ocean. But um, for broadcasters, both large and small in rural and urban, um, it's, a, it's a really big deal. Yeah, we're using the Zomalt Destroyer as an example because yes. we've had just recently uh, several community members were involved in a legal case. They're in court now about protesting at Bath Ironworks at the launching of one of these Zomalt Destroyers. We had a few of them here on Main Currents a couple of weeks ago, and that was how much for one of those? I know they ordered a Eight. bunch of them. They had to keep reducing their order because they were so expensive. $4.3 billion according to the a piece. Uh, a piece, according to the Boston Globe. And one of them broke down as soon as they launched it. Well, the, we believe that that money would be very well spent for, through the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Um, and uh, that's um, – so again, if, you, if you're looking for more information about the, the, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting issue, it is available at org, as well as some information about World Radio Day, which is February 13th. Right. And um, you can uh, you can check that out as well. So. All right. We'll leave uh, people with that little bit of cliffhanger instead of telling them what that is because I think we've got a call coming and we just have time to take one or two more calls. But thank you, Matt Murphy, for being with us today. Uh, Diana Monroe, welcome to the pro- – or Danielle Monroe, welcome to the program. Hi. Hey, Dan- I'm just wondering, if you could tell me on the radio, what is the most direct way to help with our public broadcasting and getting those – that funding now and keeping that funding? Uh, 
This is Matt Murphy, the yeah. station manager. Uh, good question. Probably, well, not probably, what we've been told by some uh, national folks from like the National Federation of Community Broadcasters is to be in touch with uh, your own um, uh, senators and, and, and uh, uh, congressmen and congresswomen. Let them, uh, that you can let them know what, how, you, how important uh, public broadcasting, community broadcasting, community media uh, is to you because they're the ones, after all, who will be voting on the, on the budget. So they're, um, they're important to hear from, uh, it's important for them to hear from those who support uh, uh, community radio. And how is the best way to do that? Well, I mean, there's, uh, as people have talked before, at at WERU.org, there's uh, information on specifically how to go about doing that. But certainly, as as other people on the program earlier have been talking about calling calling, uh, uh, their offices in Washington and and Maine um, is... uh, is one of the things that uh, on the website is recommended. Um, so, and, and as well as writing letters. And what would we say when we call and we write these letters? Ah, uh, well, that's that's what that's where the website uh, comes in to help you. But it's basically they're wanting to hear your stories of how important uh, community media is to you. That that's basically of telling your story. Perfect. Thank you, Danielle. Thanks for your call. And uh, we have time for maybe one more phone call. If you get in quick under the wire at 469-0500, I'm going to go ahead and just let you know about some of the upcoming events that were, some of these were mentioned earlier as we wind down today on Main Currents. Uh, there is, this is happening in Portland, but I wanted to mention it just because it's another one that looks like it's going to be very big. Uh, happening right now, actually, a rally against the Muslim immigration band outside, band outside of uh, City Hall at uh Earlier this afternoon, there were almost 4,000 people signed up on the Facebook page to attend that. Also, Saturday at 1 o'clock on Stillwater Avenue by Hobby Lobby, the Mabel Wadsworth Center is having an event called Stand Up, Speak Out, Stop Gorsuch. That's the Supreme Court nominee. And on their Facebook page, they write, quote, Time to act. By nominating Neil Gorsuch to the Supreme Court, Trump's promise to overturn Roe is becoming reality. Join us to speak out and oppose the nomination of Gorsuch, who ruled who ruled in favor of corporate interests like Hobby Lobby over the rights of women to get affordable birth control. We need a justice to protect our constitutional rights to abortion access, not an ideologue who wants to turn back the clock on our rights. Let's come together to call on Senators King and Collins to oppose Neil Gorsuch, end quote. And that's from the Mabel Wadsworth Center event page on Facebook for an event that's happening Saturday from 1 to 2 o'clock outside the Hobby Lobby in Bangor. Also, there's a March on Main pop-up art show that will be happening at the Coast Space uh, Thursday, February 2nd through Saturday, February 4th. There's a Facebook page for that as well. Just look for March on Main pop-up art show. There are Uh, requesting people to bring their posters from the marches in Augusta and on D.C. to that event. And they're putting together a, uh, it says it's a public art show debuting the clever, humorous, beautiful, and radical rally signage and banners from the uh, Women's March and beyond. And uh, just one more, there is also a a stand-up against Trump's un-American ban letter-writing event, it's called, at the Islamic Center of Maine, happening Friday, 
night at 6 o'clock. That's in Orono. It says, quote, join us at the Islamic Center of Maine to write our senators and representatives, telling them uh, that they must vote against Trump's inhumane and unethical executive order, uh, so on and so forth. I'll leave it there. You can go to their Facebook page, uh, look for uh, the event called Stand Up Against Trump's Un-American Ban. John, you wanted to say Just something? Just very, very briefly, Amy. Um, when you do call your representative, it's a tremendous favor to them who they are all employees and under a lot of stress. Just say yes or no on what your issue is and give your name and your uh, zip code. And that's basically all they want to know is which side you're on. They don't want the whole background. It's They're getting a lot of calls and it's much more efficient that way. All right. And it looks like that's all we have time for today. So we'll leave it there. Uh, you've been listening to Maine Currents, independent local news, views, and culture here on WERU-FM. I'm Amy Brown, joined today by Matt Murphy. Thanks for being with me here in the studio today, Matt. Thank you, Amy. And John Greenman, who is our trusty engineer slash sort of co-pilot slash also produced the first segment that you heard today. So we appreciate him for all of those different roles. Uh, keep it tuned here. We've got Larry's here in the studio getting ready for Jazz Straight Ahead. We up right after Democracy Now! which is coming up next here on your community radio station, WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor, and streaming online at WERU.org. I'm Amy Brown. Join me here every Wednesday at 4 for Main Currents. Support for WERU comes from Maine Farmland Trust, a member-supported nonprofit organization focused on reviving the working landscape and securing a future for farming in Maine. More information on protecting farmland 